were looking for career advice from a career coach, and he had led teams that have placed over 6,000 pros in 21 industries, worked at the largest Fortune 500 recruitment firm in the world, was responsible for over $50 million of placements of executives, and was one of the top recruiters recognized nationally while serving in the United States Army. You'd probably say he's qualified. This is the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast career competition is fierce if you're a director a vp or an executive this podcast is for you this is the executive career upgrades podcast and this is your host tim madden welcome everyone we have a super, super special episode for you today. But first, but first, welcome to the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast. Hey, if you don't know me, my name is Tim Madden, and I help those targeting six figures and multiple six figures so that they can land a job they love quickly. And as always, if you're looking for more career advice, you can go over to execupgrades.com backslash publications, where we have articles from Forbes, Entrepreneur, Newsweek, many other, other uh, you know, articles of just how to get on interviews quickly, how to, yeah, bunch of great stuff. So we go live each week inside the Executive Career Network on Facebook, which is the fastest growing network of directors, VPs, and executives looking to accelerate their career. I think we're approaching 6,700 members from not only all across America, but now across the globe. And hey, if you're watching live in the Executive Career Network right now, let me know below in the comments. And of course, we stream to iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. So why we made this podcast, right? Each week, I want to deliver to you tactics and strategies to help you with your mindset, your online brand, how to get on more interviews, convert those interviews into offers, you know, help negotiate your salary and how to be super successful when you land your next role. So do me a favor. If you get any value from this episode, right? If you could leave me a review over on iTunes, I would really appreciate it and share the, um, you know, information with a friend before we get started. Big shout out to Joe. He actually just emailed me and our special guests today, who I'm going to introduce soon, who got a 72% increase and um, we'll share that with you in just a sec. And as always, if you need um, help in your career, you can go over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast and book a call with us so that we can see how we can help accelerate your search. So without further ado, let's get started with episode 16, the winning method to make your resume shine. And let's bring in Katie. Katie, how are you? She's coming in now. It just takes a second. Hi, Katie. Hey, hey how so are you? I'm doing great. So, hey, if you don't know Katie, we've been working together for a long time. A lot of people don't know this, right? Katie has, I don't even know how many resumes she's done, how many resumes she's seen, a thousand. I think if I had to guess this year, right, it's November. I think a good assumption would probably be, I don't know, if I had to guess, I'd say 1,500. These are also individuals at the six-figure or multiple six-figure because, as you know, here at ECU, um, we help people target their first six-figure job, but we just helped place someone this year because total comp was 820. So um, I'm super excited to bring her on because here's what I do know too, is this is the foundation and the starting point, right? Which is what am I targeting? 
how can I develop myself and make a very impactful message? And if you don't have that, how are you going to get started? Right? So I'm really excited to bring Katie on and uh, let's get into today's episode. Katie, anything I missed that you'd like to tell people about yourself? Actually, yeah, this year we've actually over, uh, reviewed more than 2,000 resumes, so don't sell us short. Um, <laughs> we've, we've had so many executives come, um, come to our services because, you know, and, and the, like I tell a lot of clients, the best way of doing business is by word of mouth. And 80% of the people I work with say, well, I heard from so-and-so that you were able to help them. And if, you know, as from an executive standpoint, my favorite thing is to know that clients believe in us and have so much success in us and the processes that they go and tell their colleagues. Cause I don't tell, I know I don't tell my colleagues to do things unless I really believe in the process so that has been the most humbling experience for me just this year absolutely and i do know you know we just got that email from joe it's kind of funny that we, he set the show up today he said hey mm -hmm. team one more followed up he said i interviewed with so many companies that i just got an incredible offer from a great company that i'll be accepting your service made all the difference and i sincerely mean it i was getting nowhere before working with you guys and the position I got checked all the boxes and I'll be getting a 72% pay increase from his previous position. Can't thank you guys enough. That's, that's amazing. Absolutely. And you're right. The whole word of mouth thing. Do you think that person might tell his friends that he had a good experience working with you? Maybe. Right. <laughs> um, excellent. So, Hey, let's get into a couple questions. Of course. Well, hey, and if you're watching live, I'm, I'm pulling it up in the chat right now. If you got to watching live in the executive network and you have any questions, hey, we have someone here who's revised, been there, done that, every single situation that you could ever think of, career pivots, everything. So we're going to get into, I feel, are the biggest topics and expand on them. So Katie, I really just have a couple questions with you. I think this is the biggest one. So many people don't even know where to start. And let me give you a couple of examples. They've worked at the same company for 20 years. They've been promoted the whole time. They haven't had to make a resume. They're having to do career pivots. They haven't updated it in a couple years. Where do people start? Because this is so confusing. It can be tough. And and a lot of the times people that are doing this just send, you know, if they're if they're looking for somebody to help, they may just send a form over and they tell them to fill out some information. And and that doesn't really dig into those details. And so what I've found is that to tell people if I'm not having a conversation with them directly is, hey, take some time brain dump, right? Write it down on a piece of paper or type it. So go through each of your jobs starting, you know, let's say 15, 20 years ago and say, okay, let me take myself back to that time period. What was my biggest accomplishment? What was something that I did? Did I lead people? Was there some big project that I was a part of? You know, really just start. And then, you know, you don't have to remember everything the first go around, but that at least start, gets you started in building out a skeleton. Because Tim, as you know, one of the biggest uh, points of an effective resume is an accomplishment-based resume. And so the more accomplishments and things that we can build out, the better off you'll be and the more likely you'll stand against, you know, ahead of your competition when applying for a specific role. Absolutely. That's one thing I talk about a lot. The analogy I use is football players, right? Mm -hmm. If you're hiring a quarterback, do you want to know his stats? Do you want to know how fast he can run? Do you want to know his pass completion percentage? Do you want to know these things? Is it really that different from the corporate world? Nope. 
football players are based on what? How are they paid? They're based on their accomplishments and their skills, right? Do you guys think it's any different in the corporate world, right? I think what the problem is too, is a lot of people have problems saying, how do I pull out my accomplishments? So maybe me and you can talk about this for a second, Katie. Let, sure. Let's use an example, right? Of maybe a project manager. And he was like, hey, I don't really know, Katie. I don't okay. really know what I should highlight for accomplishments. You, you know, where let's pick pro project manager and maybe this will help a couple people. Okay. So what, one way that I start with project managers is let's start with budgets. More than likely with a project manager, you've had, you know, budget spanning X to Z and who knows. So upwards of $5 million or $10 million or even more. Okay. So how are you able to save money on the project? Were you able to make things more efficient, more productive, where you leading teams within the projects, you know, those are all things that we can put quantitative metrics to. And that's really where we are able to build those achievements out of. So let's say you did this project, I don't know, streamlined some operation for a company. Okay, so what was the outcome of that? What, what did it make things more efficient? You know, were, were you able to maybe optimize a workforce so that instead of needing five people to run this position, now they only need two. So that saved a company, you know, a certain amount of money. Now, I know that that can get kind of a hairy on how you kind of explain that, but we all have strategies and ways that we can make those things look like very the, the achievements that they are in a, in a more positive light so that we can focus that stuff. Because like you said, people want to know stats. I can't tell you enough, Tim, how many resumes that I see that are full of task-based information. Yes. type stuff, yeah. Exactly. Really exactly. hard to tell yourself apart, you know? And the good news is while we talked about project management, is everyone who re-listens to this, have they not had some emphasis on process improvement? Have they not saved company money? Have they not had to manage budgets? Have they not had to train people? Have they not led people? So start thinking about, right, like as you're developing your message, hey, how do I, you know, do this, right? Or how was I successful? And I believe we've talked about this before. The way you like to write these bullet comments is kind of like in one sentence, here's what I do. Or wait, what was it? Here's what I do. Here's how I accomplish something. And here's what the result was or something like that. Maybe I'm jacking it up. It's, it's been a little bit. But, you know, we want to give people like full transparency of like, you know, this is the team I led. Oh, yeah, here we go. This is the team I led. Here's what I maybe optimized on the team. And this was the result. That's probably like a good way to be writing these these impactful statements throughout your resume. Right. Exactly. And it's as simple as that. You know, don't don't get in the weeds about it. You know, it's really just OK. Uh, like if you if I put down on paper, OK, I was able to this project that I did. Um, you know, I was able to get a raise because of it. Okay. Well, what did I do? What was the reason behind that that made my boss go, wow, Katie, that was awesome. We're going to give you a raise. And so those, you got to think about the backstory and kind of do a little bit of, you know, reverse engineering, so to speak on your accomplishments so that you know, kind of where you got there so that you know what the, you, you already know what the result was. I got a raise, but what did I do that really impressed the management or my management that led to them to, to say, oh, wow, Katie did a really good job. We should give her a raise. And so just think about the backstory a little bit because, you know, that's what, like you said, Tim, that's what's going to stand apart 
whenever you're looking, whenever someone's looking at your resume, they don't care that you're, you know, that you've, you know, were a leader because everybody that's of the resumes that they're looking at were more than likely leaders. If you're applying for a leadership resume, they want to know uh-huh. how your leadership affected other people or how you were able to drive retention or, you know, talent development and those types of things. So what does a good resume look like? Right? Like, how many pages in it? What is it formatted as? Because I know this trips a lot of people up too, because I know sometimes we get 10, 15 page resumes, right? Me and Katie are kind of laughing saying, I don't think anyone's probably going to be reading that. So what are just a couple practical tips of, hey, if someone's getting started, um, you know, how many pages should it be? What should the format be? How should it flow? What's your kind of process to this? Sure. So I tell everyone, as as we've already discussed, we deal with mainly senior leaders or executives at this point in their career. A two page resume is perfect. And let it be known. (laughs) I have worked with CEOs with 30 plus years of experience that I'm able to get on two pages. So, you know, I tell people, leave some stuff for the interview. We don't have to tell them every single thing. We want to really focus on the highlights. And I'm able to um, pull out those highlights because I've worked with so many people to know what really stands out. You know, like with Joe, who just got a 72% increase. Like, you know, we worked on pulling out some highlights, some really important things in his resume to make sure that he stood, um, you know, ahead of his competition. So with as far as the format goes, you know, if we're talking about pages, I would say, Definitely two pages, one page resume, uh, contrary to popular belief, sometimes it it does scream um, entry level. It doesn't it, it, it doesn't it looks like you don't have enough meat in your in your background to fill out two pages. And so that's why sometimes our bullets are more of like storytelling bullets. Like like you said, I did this resulting in that. I did this resulting in that so that we're able to kind of make it as simple as possible for the reader to understand this was my direct result because of this thing that I did. Um, Now, one thing that some people say, well, 20 years ago, I did this amazing thing and nobody ever reads it because it's lost in my additional experience or it's in my past. So I tell clients, one of the things that we really do is we have a career summary section so I can pull up some really impactful bullets from across their career. So that there, if there's a really thing like a really big thing, like you started this huge company that, um, you know, ended up being a multi-billion dollar company. I don't know. I'm just using that as an example. But that was 20 years ago. We're still able to pull that up in, in your career summary so that it's one of the first things that the person reading it sees so that it doesn't get lost in, in your in your history or your second page. Absolutely. Oh, and if you're still paying attention inside the executive career network, I have a special I have a special gift that I forgot about because I have so many guides and so many different things. Hey, if you want the resume templates that we use here at ECU, if you email Tim at execupgrades.com and say, hey, Tim, send me the templates. I'll be sure to have Austin um, send you a guide to help you out. But back to Katie. Katie, what are your thoughts on this too? Because a lot of people send me resumes and I'm sure they do the same to you. And they say, what do you think about my resume? Right? The first question I always kind of ask them is, well, what are you targeting? Because I know a lot of times someone will have a resume that is just, here's my whole background, not relative to what they're actually targeting, right? Like if you have a resume that you've been successful in sales for the past 20 years and you're not targeting a sales job, we probably don't need to talk about how awesome you are at sales because that's not what you're targeting. And I do know, so what I really want to talk about is career pivots 
Because that's what trips so many people up all the time, right? Do you want to kind of talk about how you craft messages when people are targeting different things? Because I do know, I'm sure there's some people in the ECN or listening to this podcast who have done something for a while and they want to do something else. Their skills are transferable, but they get super confused. Right. Yeah, sure. So that's what I was going to say. Most skills are transferable, but you want to utilize strategic wording and things so that you're you're pulling out the right buzzwords within those types of positions that you're kind of trying trying to pivot to. So there's a there's ways that we're able to kind of craft wording and craft bullets around your resume to pull out. It's really just a strategy. It's really hard to teach because it's something that I've done so much. But mm -hmm. it's it's really a strategy of finding out what the client's passion is, where they really want to be, what they really want to do, finding those transferable skills that are important and buzzwords that are important within that skill or that or that role that they're trying to you know pivot to. Like if we're talking about, let's say, sales and operations. OK, so, you know, we want to focus more on the processes that we put in place and the things that we've done to make it more, um, you know, a productive operation, so to speak. Like, did we put in CRMs, like a CRM system? Now that's of course benefiting sales, but it's also benefiting the operations of the business. And so those are things that we really focus in on because that helps us kind of drive home that messaging and, and focus on those buzzwords that are important as you do that pivot. Now that's an easy pivot, you know, sometimes they're a little harder than others. Um, yeah. It really just depends. Every strategy is different. Everybody's history is different. Everybody's mm -hmm. experience is different. It's really finding that those key achievements and being able to um, word them in a way that it, it helps present people to go towards those that's types fine. of roles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think what, when you, cause we've talked about this before, I'm pretty sure your approach is, say whatever they're targeting, right? What is that person, that hiring manager most interested in when they're hiring this person? What are those things that are like important for them? And how can we like highlight your background and accomplishments as is relative to what they're looking for? Which I know one thing that we didn't touch on is this um, career summary. And I want to spend a couple minutes talking about this guys, because we get resumes all the time. It's just this gigantic long paragraph, right? that doesn't really say anything. It says things like, I'm a successful leader and I've led high performing. It's just like literally a wall of text. And I do know, can you walk people through your approach of what's someone gonna see when they see a resume that was made by Katie at the top to really capture attention, to hopefully have someone hire you or uh, yeah. not hire you, but get, get you on an interview. Get right? noticed, yeah. So, the career summary kind of, you know, going back to what I said with, you know, pulling up information from the past. Now, that's just one little piece of it. At the very beginning of our conversation or the the people that have worked with me, the first thing I always say is, what are your career goals? What do you want to do? What does that next step look like for you? And it's almost um like a robot because that literally that's the first thing that is so important to me is understanding that because like you know like we were talking before the podcast Tim if if you if I'm if I'm creating a resume for a project manager and you really want to be an astronaut then I'm not doing you any good service right and yeah. so you know that's just being silly but but seriously I like to know where your passion is and 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 sometimes that comes out more through the conversation but we want to craft that first bullet to really showcase what that next step looks like because most people aren't coming to us because they want to stay complacent. 
most people are coming to us because they want to have career advancement or they want to be in that executive, you know, further executive role. And so, or they, uh, you know, or they're already in an executive role, but they want to manage more people or, you know, whatever the case may be. And so, um, and so, yeah, or like you said, they they want to be in an, uh, in a different type of industry or pivot. And so there's a lot of different ways. But so we, we pull up bullets directly from the resume so that we're this is what I tell clients when I pull up these impactful achievements, what they're seeing first and the way the human brain works is they are directly going to those numbers. OK, so they see 100 percent, five million 20 people led. They see these numbers and it's kind of like in college whenever you are scanning a, an, a, an article or something that you have to read and, and or, a, or a book that you have to read, you're going to look for the important things, right? And so a lot of times that's what happens with hiring managers is they're looking for the important things really quickly because they've already seen 100 resumes and they're tired. And so what's boring is those big long wall of text and those big long paragraphs. I'm glad you said that important things too, because let me know in the chat if you guys have ever dealt with this. Have you ever dealt with a recruiter contacting you for a role that you've done a long time ago, right? I know this happens every single day, especially on LinkedIn and stuff. Give me a, yeah, I hate that crap in, in, in the comments. Here's why most of the time that happens. If you had a resume crafted by someone like Katie, where right when they hit it, one of the first bullet points that says, over the last 20 years, I've led teams of, I'm just making some stuff up, right? 500 people, budgets of up to this and this. What are the chances that that recruiter is going to contact you for a, a mid-level career? It's not going to make sense, right? If he knows that you're managing 500 people and managing all of these things, do you really think he's going to contact you managing five people in some small shop? Probably not. So a lot of the frustration for job seekers, guys, is guys and gals, sorry, is how is your messaging and how is your branding? And if it's not on point, it's going to confuse the market. You're going to be contacted for positions that you did a long time ago, right? So this is like really important. And this leads us into the next question I have for you, because we especially deal with this in technology all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Katie, I need a cloud a migration resume. I need a this resume and that resume. Hey, I need four resumes. What's your advice for people that think they need like all of these customized resumes? Well, so that kind of, we're able to kind of use that in the career summary too. So, you know, a lot of times I'll say, okay, well, what jobs are you applying for? And then the, that, that might lead down the path of, well, I'm applying for this kind and this kind and this kind and this kind, kind of like you just said, especially with technology. So there's bigger words, right? So, um, you know, digital transformation leaders and, um, you know, IT executives and those different types of roles that we're able to kind of cast a little bit wider of a net which is what I do with our technology folks sometimes because, yeah, they do have really niche specialties in a lot of different ways. And sometimes these roles do call for these niche specialties. So we have tech stacks that pull out those, you know, specific um, technologies that they've worked in to make sure that those are, are being hit on. And then, of course, with the career summary, if there's a couple different like, let's say. Um, where really our main goal is like a CIO or a CTO type role, but our specialty is in, you know, cloud migration or digital transformation or ERP or whatever the case may be, then the, those second or third bullets will really be pulling up those nice impactful achievements that are centered around those things so that that is the first thing they see so that we're able to still 
cast that wider of a net without having to change your resume for every single position. Because why should people not have like more than one resume? So there's a lot of different opinions on that, but my opinion on that or what I believe to be true is you don't want to have a whole bunch of different resumes floating around out there um, that you're you know using, because then if the wrong, if it gets in the wrong hands or if it gets, let's say you always want to put your best foot forward with that company and more than likely you're applying to these big companies. So if they think that if they've got it set in their head that you're this person, then you send your resume over and you're this person, then it kind of causes confusion. And it doesn't keep consistent professional branding. So what you want to do is have consistent branding between your resume and your LinkedIn so that you're not telling a confusing story between the two. So it's important that that story is continued on to your LinkedIn because more than likely somebody has either found you from LinkedIn and is going to ask for your resume or they've gotten your resume and they're going straight to your LinkedIn. So if they're not telling the same story and it's confusing, then that could be a huge turnoff for a hiring manager. Absolutely. There's no easier way to lose attention from someone than when you, they're confused, right? Confused buyers don't purchase things if you don't understand them. It's the same thing with hiring managers, right? So if they get a resume and then they look at your profile and it's just highlighting different things, they're confused. They're not sure where your messaging is and they're probably not going to ever contact you. Exactly. Right? So, Katie, my last question for you, and then we'll kind of open it up to whatever you would like to add on. Sure. You get one thing. You want to optimize resume or an optimized LinkedIn. Why? What would you rather have? Um, oh, on the spot. Uh, I would have to say LinkedIn just because it's um, th this day and time, most people are going there um but you know that's hard because i say they go in hand in hand because more than likely they're always going to ask for your resume after they find you on linkedin the, the, but it'll at least spark that conversation and the reason i wanted to ask this is because even though katie has done thousands of resumes and i know we've helped thousands of people here at ecu one of the biggest things is you even tell them after you complete the documents of hey Having these documents, having this good brand message, highlighting your accomplishments and achievements relevating, rel relative to what you're targeting to, it is important. However, you have to get this in front of people that can actually see it, right? Because most of the time when they're applying, it's going to a recruiter who might not specialize in project management, right? So I know that that's one thing that confuses people a lot, right? Is they yeah. get an optimized resume from someone and then they say, well, this doesn't work when it's more of their strategy that's wrong. Would you agree with that? Like, hey, it's important to have a resume in LinkedIn, but like now what's your strategy to get it in front of people that can actually hire you, right? One million percent. So a lot of times people throw their resumes in what I call the black hole of online applications. And so without, you know, that's why I kind of went with LinkedIn when you asked me which, which route I would go, because I tell clients all the time, hand over fist, you're gonna find more people they're going to be willing to help you and find, you know, and you're going to be able to find that better job while you're networking and, mm -hmm. and adding people that you are, are connecting with people that work for companies that you would want to work in versus just sending your resume off to some automated system that may or may not reject it for God knows why. And, you know, and, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. Everyone has it stuck in their head, these ATS systems. And, and what kills me is that people say, oh, our resumes are 100% ATS um, compliant. 
which is impossible because there's so many different ATS systems that it, there's no way that you can, you can, you know, be unless, you know, there's no way that you could get them a hundred percent every single time. And so, yeah. and so and the, the people focus the, on that. It's yeah. The funny part is, is we've optimized, you've optimized resumes here. And the weird thing is people will go over to monster and put it in their database and monster will say, you need to fix this. And then they'll go to top resume and top resume. You got to fix this. So it's kind of like you could take the same document and put it into 10 different systems and everyone's going to give you like just other feedback and your friends are going to give you feedback and everyone. And it's so confusing. Right. So at the end of the day, wouldn't you agree a quality resume, regardless of this ATS stuff, does it highlight your accomplishments? Is it relative to what you're targeting? then it is a good message. You just have to get in, for, in front of the right people. Would that be a, a correct thing to say? Mm -hmm, exactly. And so, like you said, I think it's all it all is a full circle process. You have to make sure that you're checking all those boxes and putting your best foot forward. Excellent. Any final comments that you want to add on where people should, you know, we have the, uh, the new year approaching, right? We're like 60 days out right now where everyone in their, um, brother and you know everyone's gonna say this is my year to shine and I'm gonna take it right what advice would you have for people considering a career search or in a career search right now as we approach you know the end of 2021 don't wait until the last minute to update your resume um, if I had uh, a dollar every time somebody comes to me and says oh my god Katie my dream job was just posted I know you told me that I should update my resume but I haven't and now I'm up against the timeline um, I would be a millionaire because it happens to me all the time and so what I always tell people is even if you're maybe on the fence you're not sure you know, why don't wait until you update your resume because you you may you may forget some of the things that you can remember now that you did, you know, five or 10 years ago. If you wait another year or so, you may forget some of that. And that's all really important stuff that we could use to kind of build out your resume or that you can use to build out your resume. So it's important to kind of go ahead. And like I said in the beginning, write through all of those accomplishments throughout your career. So as you go, like, you know, if you do something big or you have a big, um, you know, project that you've worked on or some initiative that you, you know, put in place or for our technology folks, a huge digital transformation strategy that you were able to kind of accomplish, write that down because you're not going to remember all of it when it comes, you know, when it comes to when or, you know, when it comes to writing your resume, you're not going to remember everything. And so if you already have this pre-populated document where you're kind of keeping up with some of the achievements along the way, you're going to be in a heck of a lot better of a situation whenever you go to put it into a resume. Absolutely. And Ben, thanks so much for your comment. Who's tuning in? He said, you got to stand out. LinkedIn and resume have to be on point. Absolutely agree. Those are people getting the attention in the marketplace, getting interviews and getting offers. So Ben, I completely yeah. agree with you. So Katie, off topic, there is one more thing I want to I think would be very valuable for all of the listeners, you know, mm -hmm. who tune into the podcast, say they're considering working with a resume service, right? What are some things that they should look out for? Cause I know one of the things that you mentioned is guys, if they're not going to, you specifically said, if they're not going to get on the phone with you, right, that's probably a service that you don't want because I don't think you figured out a way how to, fill out some form or have someone fill out some form and then create like a, a, a document form. So can you kind of walk through like, Hey, for the people interested in, 
you know, optimizing their resume and they're considering different companies to work for just your advice on what you have. Absolutely. Um, so look out for? Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, um, if they're not willing, if I call it a, a sweatshop, so if they're going to just throw you through, you know, the, the assembly line and you're just going to fill out some form and they're going to spit out some resume, then more than likely they don't understand your passion. They don't understand, you know, there's some things that you can get from people when you really just talk to them and, and ask the right questions. And sometimes the right questions can't be asked unless it's a follow-up to something that I just heard you say. And so there's there's no form that I could put in place that would help me be able to do that. And so, you know, making sure someone is gonna give you that white glove service, that hands-on approach, that, you know, walk you through every step of the things that you need to do, you know, make sure that you're working with somebody that does have, you know, a background with people um, and a following of people that they have helped and that can, you know, speak to your, um, your capabilities. And, and, and so one of the things that I've noticed, you know, from work, I work with, gosh, I don't know, 40 people a week. Um, you know, most of the time, one of the things that I notice is that they say to me, well, I I've done this before. I wasn't happy. And, and I'll say, okay, well, why, why weren't you happy? Well, they didn't get it. Well, why didn't they get it? Well, they didn't take time to listen to me. So make sure you're really working with somebody that's really going to take that time to listen to you and ask the right questions and get those right results for you. Because that's something that I do this. That's why I started my business. That's why I work with, you know, professionals like yourself, Tim, because I am passionate about making sure that that goal is reached or that I can at least push you to the finish line. Now, I can't be on the interview with you like you, Tim. You can't be on the interview and hold their hands. But at least we know we have put you know, all of our, you know, energy into doing and making sure that you're able to put your best foot forward. So if you're looking at working with, you know, someone as far as resume services or career coaching, make sure that they really are going to give you that hands-on approach. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up too, because what we didn't even really talk about is once your resume and LinkedIn profile is optimized, how much easier is it when that person goes to the interview now? Right. And what I mean is now they have a document that literally says, here's all my accomplishments. And it's actually easier for them inside the interview because now they know, oh, yeah, now I have these highlighted. Now I can expand on these further. And it makes the process just tremendously easier to convert those interviews to offers as well when you do get selected for those interviews. Yep. Excellent. So to recap what she said, if you're considering working with the service, she said, hey, number one, make sure that you can actually talk to them. Number two, make sure that they understand your background. What I mean by this is be careful who you're selecting as, you know, who's going to write for you. Um, make sure that they've done resumes in your arena, right? They probably have a couple of testimonials. And then, you know, check their background and make sure that they are there to support you. Because I know there's lots of services, too, where they say this, hey, once we get your resume, you have... 48 hours to finalize it and you can only make one revision to it and then you're kind of stuck with it you know so just some things to look out for because we're going to make sure hey that's why i do this podcast each week and why i'm going to bring people on now right is i want to make sure that you guys are connecting with the right people whether it's a product or service or a company so just a couple things for consider so that's awesome katie thank you so much anything any final comments that you have I think we've covered it all today. Uh, today. I think we've kind of gone in depth and hopefully everyone can kind of take something away from this. Excellent. 
Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Executive Career Upgrades podcast. As always, if you need help in your career, you can go to execupgrades.com backslash podcast. Book a call with us so we can learn more about your unique situation, what your career goals are, and see if we can help you accelerate your career. Have a great week, everyone.